Welcome to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hillenberg, your host. This is where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. And today we're talking to Lene Dell Siemens. Uh, she's from Westford, Massachusetts. Uh, if you want to jump on her website, it's www.leneydellsiemens.com, and that is L-E-E-N-Y-D-E-L-S-E-A-M-O-N-D-S.com. Uh, Lene is a Cuban-American. Uh, she, Through her storytelling, she incur- encourages human and cultural diversity. One of the little taglines she has is she has a twinkle in her eye and fire in her heart and that she has a face and voice that has launched a thousand characters. She's very animated and interactive. Uh, she is a master story performer, which, by the way, is not only a description, but it's a title that she's earned. Um, in 2005, she won the Story World Winner Award. In 2004, she won the Parents' Choice Gold Award. She also won the Silver Award. Um, and she has won the iParents Media Winner Award. And in 2002, she won Storyteller National Storyteller of the Year. Welcome, Lini. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. So glad to talk to you today. We've known each other for quite some time, and uh, it's just uh, it's pretty exciting to be able to talk to you. And in some ways, it's like uh, you know I want to make sure that I you know talk about all sorts of different things. But we you know talking to you is you're, you're such a good friend, and and I it's uh, it's great to have you on today. Um, now you've you've got like over thirty years experience in stage and film and directing. Is that right? That's right. Makes me feel kind of old, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, I started out um, with theater. My um, my mother's side of the family were performers in vaudeville, and and she, my mother, actually was a, a wonderful singer on the radio. And her two older sisters had been on the Broadway stage with her parents, and so I. I think I kind of inherited a little bit of that sawdust in the veins. Mm. And from a very young age, when I started recognizing voices and just imitating them naturally, my dad, the Cuban, he would say, you know, you, you have an ear just like your grandfather, who I actually had never had the pleasure of meeting face-to-face. But I kind of always liked that idea that I, I liked voices and liked imitating voices just like he did. And it just, mm-hmm. through my, my life, I've done theater. I majored in it, did all the plays and musicals in high school, went to college for a degree in theater, and uh, went to New York City, was there for several years, and then didn't get into storytelling officially um, until I moved to Massachusetts which is probably now 31 years ago. So how did you get started in storytelling? How did you find it? Well, it, I think like most storytellers, in a way, it kind of finds you. I, you know, I grew up in a storied family on the Cuban side of the family. My Aunt Amelia was our storyteller, told all the family stories. And um, it, it, it's just something that my theater friends, like in Summerstock and professional theater, they were always saying to me, you, you need to tell these stories. You have so many stories in your life, you know, and crazy things that go on and stories about your dad and, you know, just crazy things that happen to you that you, the way you relate it and tell it, you speak story. And the only outlet that we really knew of back then was stand-up. And although I kind of have a little training and background in stand-up, and sometimes I can do those rapid-fire type of jokes in, in an adult show, 
I really didn't want to do stand-up. I just, I just thought it would um, wasn't for me. For one thing, back then everything was a smoky bar mm. that you had, and I, I'd, I'd never like to be around cigarette smoke at all. And you know, preserving the voice and all those good things. Um, and so, but they always encouraged me to do that. So way back then, when that seed was planted, I used to think that someday I might do one-woman performances that were uh, story and song based and that was always a little secret desire mm-hmm. and it wasn't way until my sons were little um, and I was uh, volunteering in PTA doing um, cu- uh, cultural enrichment and bringing in different entertainers and uh, teaching artists that I really started to find here in Massachusetts there was such thing as storytelling. Right. Because um, I grew up in New Jersey and we didn't really know about that all through my theater years and everything in New York. So I was like, oh, storytelling, Jim Callahan, who, who's that? And, and I knew that he was going to be at the Merrimack Rep, which I didn't get a chance to go see, but he was doing like a whole Irish stories as, as they, as he, that's how they, um, that's how they uh, referred to him as an Irish storyteller of the Pill Hill stories, and mm-hmm. and he would do a whole hour show. And um, it actually wasn't until I met Len Cabral and had a chance to see his stories that were, you know, not one hour epic stories. They were a ten minute story here, five minute here, or something like that. In in a children's setting in a school, that I brought him to our school. That I I thought, wow, that's how I would imagine. I might want to to do this because everybody kept saying you've got to do storytelling. The teachers kept saying, "Why don't you do the storytelling?" And then the teacher said to me, "We're doing the folktale unit, where the, each of our fourth graders are going to learn a folktale and um, you know get up and tell it. And with all of your theater background and your training, would you be willing to come and do a workshop and teach them some of these skills?" And I said, of course, absolutely. And the more I thought about it, I thought, well, that's kind of cheesy. If I just teach them skills and I don't do a story for them. Oh, yeah, right. You know, I, I always believe in them seeing what I'm doing first so that they can, you know, jump on that bandwagon. And so I did. That's when I started going, okay, what am I going to do? And I asked one of my theater friends, well, what am I going to do for a story? He, first of all, he was thrilled. He goes, I've been telling you for years you've got to do this. And secondly, he said to me, he was a, an ex English professor turned professional actor, and we'd worked together many, many times, and he said to me, whatever you do, Lean, don't lose you. Keep yourself in your story. So however you adapt the folktale, you want to make it your own in your own words. Good advice. That was fantastic advice, and it made such perfect sense, and that's how it started. Well, that's great. Well, now, do you still perform in theater? I haven't. I haven't officially performed in theater for probably 10 years. The last thing I did was a murder mystery um, where I played a, a gangster mall type of character where you're doing all this inter- interaction and wonderful improvisation, which is part of my background training, yeah, yeah, I love uh, with, with, your, with the audience. And so it was really kind of sort of just taking a slight hiatus from uh, storytelling. Mm-hmm. But So I've done that, and then I've done some TV uh, work, but even that has still been story based. Right. So it's been a while since I've actually stepped on the stage, um, and I do miss it. But um, 
this is the one that speaks to my heart the closest. Mm. So, so do you feel like your, your theater background really helped you in storytelling or is, is helping you in storytelling? Absolutely, absolutely. I, and I do. I, I work with an awful lot of storytellers and coach and direct them. And I'm constantly teaching workshops. I'm preparing to do another workshop this Tuesday um, with the Connecticut Storytelling Center. It's called Spark of Life. Mm. Awaken your story characters, and it's all an in in depth how you approach your different characters in your story. It's the same approach that an actor approaches interpreting a, a part mm. in a show that they're in. Right. And then only with storytelling, you you're playing all of your characters, right. and so you really need to understand that whole process so that you can con compare and contrast and keep your characters distinct. And so having this whole training is, has been my whole life about how to use and preserve your voice and color it and change it and how to breathe correctly. Um, I was a trained singer with um, and, and had also studied voice, and so those things come into play. Not that I sing in every single single story, but I certainly do love singing a welcome or getting the audience to sing with me a little bit or do a story song. Right, and so, right. yeah, I think my theater background is really, and, and the thing about actors, we know this. You never, ever stop growing. You always want to align yourself with somebody that's a little better or a little more experienced or maybe doing the type of work that you might want to try or learn from. And you're always growing and changing, and so actors will try to align themselves in different plays and musicals with knowing that someone's going to be there that's going to teach them so much. And I think that's the same thing with storytellers, to be with them if they're presenting at a festival or presenting at a big conference. You know, go, sit at their feet, talk right. to them. Right, you know, absolutely. It's, it's tremendous. Well, yeah, because you know. it just it kind of pushes you, too, because there's a certain amount of trepidation when you step out to push yourself to do something different or new. Absolutely right. Just going to different festivals is, is a great stepping stone because when you're there watching maybe, you know, more than one storyteller, maybe there might be six or something that are national tellers and regional tellers, and you sit there and you watch how they claim and take that stage, how they work the audience. If they seem like they're tremendously prepared and they're in the zone, or maybe they're not, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're off. And you, you, the more you watch and observe, um, and it's always with an open mind, not so much a critical mind. Right. You know, it's a, more of a constructive critical mind where you put yourself thinking, you know, how would you react? You know, it's sort of like stand-up if you heard right. of some people heckling you and, like, you watch how they handle that and you're like, geez, I wonder if I could do that or, or would I try a different approach? Right. You know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, for years I actually uh, played at, like, the old Vienna Coffee House and several mm -hmm. other places in Boston. And then, you know, we did a few bars and, boy, I'm telling you what, those were tough crowds and you learn pretty fast. <laughs> You know how to handle that. Well, we're going to take that. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to take a little break right now, okay. and we'll be right back. This is Chris Hillenberg with Hear Women Tell, where we get the story behind the story. Today, we're talking to Lenny Dale Siemens. We'll be right back. Hi, 
Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio and the Zeus Radio Network. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hi, this is Kay Van Hoosen, founder of Hear Women Talk. Every Monday, you can return to love with Jen Ward in Genuine Healing. Jen is an empath, a healer, and an intuitive, and Jen will show you how to remove blockages, heal yourself, and feel love. That's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk. Hi, folks. This is private investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes or do you want to know what your child your employee or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone if you need computer or cell phone forensics do what i do talk to steve abrams at abramsforensics.com steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney contact steve abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com that's abramsforensics.com or click on the abrams forensics banner ad on hear women talk and use promo code h Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Welcome back to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hillenberg. I'm your host. This is where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. Today we're talking to Lini Del Siemens. Uh, Lini, you you'd, um, touched on something that I really wanted to talk more about, and that is as a storyteller, kind of like pushing yourself to the next level. Um, how, yeah. how, you know, how do you do that? Well, first of all, I'm a firm believer in getting credentials. And I'm not talking about just going and taking a workshop where you can learn a little bit. I'm talking about really learning skills. What we talked about in the first the first session where you get some training. Go and study. Take some theater class. Definitely try to take an improvisation class. That's a great training ground. Mm-hmm. Teaches you so many things, especially how to be on your toes when dealing and interpreting uh, your audience. Yeah, it really makes you aware of your surroundings when you are doing learning improv and, and working with other people an improvisational scene. I think it's great. I do a, I use a lot of improv in my in my teaching of other storytellers and that's that's a great training ground. I also think, you know, if you do want to sing and my goodness, everybody likes to sing, but not everybody is a good singer. Mm-hmm. Really and honestly. And no matter how much people are in the moment in the audience, oh we're gonna have a song together. If you're not a good singer and if you are not singing on pitch and if you're not crystal clear in your lyrics, your audience is gonna you know it's gonna be lost yeah. and so get some training study with someone 
and, and learn the basics of speaking clearly and articulating and don't forget to breathe, all those wonderful training, training, training things. Mm. That's really important. Like I said earlier, align yourself with people that you admire. Um, try to work with them. If you really love them, they might mentor you and maybe you want to study with them. Um, I know I took a class with Linda Goodman on storytelling yeah. years ago, uh, not knowing anything about it, having uh, never really even uh, been to a storytelling event. I had heard uh, Judith Black on the radio, but I mean, you know, and, and it was like the second class. I was like, oh, my God. And, I, and she had material that was, um, you know, it wasn't like we're all just going to sit around and tell, tell stories. It was honing your stories and work and, and that every audience is different and you know all those things and that that really uh, gave me a good foundation I think uh, starting storytelling definitely absolutely and um, you know there's a lot of areas regional areas where you might have a story swap or a story group and you know everybody's nurturing each other and and it's important to have good story listening, but you don't always get the, the constructive criticism, the help that's going to help get you to the next level. Maybe you do have a, a, a way that is kind of like rambly kind of telling that's not really honing, like is important to learn how to do, and nobody's telling you that, you know, and then you're wondering, well, how am I, why am I not getting ahead? And so I do think having training and working with a really good coach or director is vital, mm. definitely vital, especially if you're going to make a recording or working on a particular show. The other thing that I think is good is, it's not a bad idea to do some volunteering in um, places that, that have either uh, storytelling conferences or storytelling festivals mm. um, or even a music, a music type of festival where they might have a storytelling stage. Um, it is a great idea, I think, to learn how to MC. There's a lot of wonderful books out there and pamphlets on how to be a really good MC. Susan Klein, for one, has written uh, one um, and but the thing that's important is if you're doing a really good job and seeing someone that's you know a real national or international name, um, really honor them. Don't stand up there and say, "Well, I've never heard them tell, but I hear they're good." <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's and great. And really go to their websites and research them. Read little articles of what people have said about them. Read some of their mission statements or their philosophies. Really get to know that person by uh, learning about. Them. Them, so that when you're up introducing them, you're not repeating the exact same thing that's already printed in the brochure or the program, um, and you're telling something a little different about them. But it's a great idea to make a good impression with someone that, again, is a national type of teller maybe, um, that you've done your research, so you don't walk up to them t 10 minutes before the, the program begins and said, hi, I'm going to be introducing you. What would you like me to say about you? Uh, <laughs> that right, is right. one of the most unnerving, crazy things for a, a performer who's already focusing on what they're going to do and they're fine-tuning in their brain and they're doing all the prepare that all actors do. To, to suddenly... It's, I, I usually, if, when that happens to me, I say, well, just say anything you want. Just keep it short because I don't want them to just sit there and read what's uh, already in the program. Right, right. So right. when you go and you do that, and honestly, when I first started doing this, I had 
every bit of performing training and ability was already under my belt because I had done this forever. To get in front of an audience, it meant nothing to me in terms of scared. But where my fears were, that, that butterfly fear, was, wow, I'm introducing, you know, this big Mahaf person, and, and I want to make a good impression too, but I don't want to take away from their, their uh, show that they're about to do. So I would research and I'd learn, and I'd learn how to pronounce their name phonetically if it was a tricky one. And, you know, I really did a lot of work beforehand. Then I learned it. Just like I was learning a script, I learned it so I didn't have pieces of paper. I honed it and honed it and honed it so it was only 30 seconds long. And instead of just giving a whole list of unbelievably fantastic, incredible, you know, adjectives about that person, I kind of put in a little bit about what they did and what type of things and something that they liked. And I would do it, and after a while, the the people would say to me, my gosh, you're good at this. Mm-hmm. And I would sit up and take notice so that down the line, in the domino theory, someone might say, do you know any young up-and-coming people that hasn't been in our festival? And they'd say, well, I know someone that's got to be fantastic because they're one heck of an MC." Right, right. Hey, you know, I know you've taken a lot of your... Your knowledge and your experience, and you've got like, I don't know, 19 different story programs. You've got eight workshops. You do residences, residencies. You go to festivals. You uh, you did something in China. What was that? The uh, Nawa storytelling. The Nuwa. It's the Nuwa, based named after the Empress, the Goddess Nuwa. Uh, it, was, it was the Nuwa storytelling and cultural exchange, where I was one of the delegates, and we went to uh, well, we Beijing where we were initially and we did a lot of um, tourist things wonderful get to know the people and the the culture but then we were down in a small village of Gongsun and the small village doesn't have uh, running water and they're very very poor but absolutely so rich in culture and warmth and humanity it was just one of the most fantastic unforgettable experiences I've ever had. Uh, yeah, just just to go worldwide with storytelling, I, I, I would think that would be like thrilling. Oh, it's thrilling. It is. I love to travel and I love to meet new people and those are the two things that I think I honor the most about this job. I don't like to call it a job. It's a life choice. It's a calling. But it, to me, it's, it, it's probably why I don't go back and go to... Um, Theater calling, you know, keep cattle calls or, or go and, you know, unless somebody really that knew me well said, hey, I've got this part for you, then I would certainly listen to yeah. what they had to say. Now, you've also done TV, TV on uh, PBS, uh, Ribbert and Robert's uh, Wonderworld. Yeah. And you have a DVD with that too, right? Yes, well, they, they've made some DVDs. Um, they're, I don't think they're on the market necessarily yet. I have a couple of other DVDs, but these are special DVDs that, that were made for promotional reasons. Right. Now, uh, you do have two, you got two new CDs, right? You've got It Takes I Two do. to Tango, yeah. Ties That Bind Us. Yes, I, have five, I have five CDs in total, and one was my Aikaramba CD, which is by my bilingual stories. That's mostly for family audience age. Mm-hmm. And then I have Cello Tales, 
which was done with a virtuoso cellist, Gideon Freudman. Mm, and of course, they're different stories. Oh, fantastic. And then um, those stories were all done with uh, in marriage with the cello. And then I have um, a historic CD that I was done. Uh, I've been commissioned several times by different towns in New England who have had their anniversaries to write stories um, incorporating history mm. that um, would really be appealing to a family audience. And so one of the towns um, had produced a CD. And then the, the newest, the new babies, one is called It Takes Two to Tango, Ties That Bind Us, mm-hmm. uh, an alluring and witty look at uh, relationships <laughs> for the more experienced listener, uh-huh. and um, okay. and then the other one is my and, and they're all original, my original stories. Usually that what it, which I do in festivals in a more more adult or twelve and thirteen up age audience, and then the other one is Shadows in the Woods, Spine Tingling Tales, and those mm. are my original scary scary stories. Oh, that's excellent. That I also it, do at festivals. Yeah. That, well, so I'm guessing there's a huge difference between performing live and making a CD or doing TV. What are some of the challenges? um, Well, I think the audience, because let's face it, when the thing about about storytelling that is uh, different than theater is that we are actually, for the most part, traditional theater, uh, where you have a fourth wall, your audience is sitting in the in the audience seats facing the stage, and there is almost an imaginary fourth wall that they are witnessing and observing the action that's going on. In musicals, the often the cast is singing to the audience, so the fourth wall is opened a little bit, but there still is a bit of a distance there. Mm-hmm. And in storytelling, the fourth wall comes down. Right, right. And you're looking into the wall, not only seeing their eyes, depending on lighting, but you are to, to have that feeling that you're seeing your audience up front and personal. Right. And um, they help you tell the story and change the story and the pace and the tempo and uh, maybe your language and they they tell you everything, and it's the same type of energy when you're on stage in a play and musical that you feel the energy of the audience, but you actually see their eyes in storytelling. Now, when you're on camera, <laughs> you, you have to look at that camera, and right. you have to hold in your heart and your mind's eye the faces of the demographics of the audience that you would, would be telling. Right. For example, with Ribbon and Robert, the majority of... The show is geared to help in an entertaining and educational way preschoolers and kindergartners. And it also has to be engaging enough that the parents or caregivers of those children are interested in sitting with them. Because you don't want to have somebody say, here, plop in front of the TV and I'm going to go in the other room. Right. You kind of want to be together so that it's an interactive. And so my job as Leany the Story Performer, which is, which is my name on the show, is to do that, to make it interesting enough for the parents to want to stay with the kids, but the kids to really really understand what's going on and to feel like I am looking right at them, talking to their precious little beautiful bodies and hearts and, you know, sharing the story and engaging them. And so you have to just imagine it and just feel it. And once you do that, it happens. Same thing when you're doing a recording in a studio. You you um, have your microphone and you tune out everybody else in the room and you're just pushing out your energy and your feeling to the 
people on the other side. Right. Well, we're going to take a little break right now and uh, be back with Hear Women Tell. We're doing Lini Del Simas today to get the story behind the story. And so we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvage, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. If you don't have the strength to go one more step and you're facing challenges that seem overwhelming, don't be dismayed. Join me, Donna Tyson, for Rivers of Faith, Tuesday mornings, 10 to 11, on Zeus Radio Network at hearwomentalk.com. Are you spending more time than you want booking appointments for your business? Optimize.com can free you up from answering phones, booking appointments, and rescheduling. All these clerical duties can be automated for you with Optimize.com. Optimize.com seamlessly integrates with your website and manages all your appointment scheduling and rescheduling. You and your customers will receive reminders by email and text messages. Optimize.com supports your business needs, whether you have one-on-one appointments, classes, workshops, or seminars. Sign up with Optimize.com for our 30-day free trial. That's Octomize.com. That's galore. Visit our store at 4822 Highway 17 at Barefoot Landing. We have the largest source of hats in the greater Grand Strand area. Tilly, Stetson, Indiana Jones, Wallaroo, Top Hats, Mad Hatter, Derbies, Felts, Fedoras, Cowboy, Golfer, Driver, Life is Good. We carry a large selection of women's fashion hats as well as Red Hat Society hats. We also have an assortment of umbrellas, canes, and walking sticks. Hats Galore, located at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach. We are the best source for hats in the Grand Strand area. Hats Galore at Barefoot.com. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio and the Zeus Radio Network. Welcome back to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hillenberg. I'm your host, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. Lenny, just, you know, it seems to me you have so much going on. How in the world do you balance family with your professional storytelling? Oh, good question. I think finding balance, especially for women, is always going to be a challenge no matter what we're doing. And uh, one of the things that's important to me is to play catch-up with my sons and my husband when I don't get to see them very often. And I love to cook and I love to bake and I love to have them over mm. for a dinner party. And that's that's when everybody else gets to talk and I get to listen to what they're doing and now I have a granddaughter and a grandson. The granddaughter talks. The grandson's just starting to babble and say some words. So, But it's their chance for me to be with them and hear about their lives and what's going on. Yeah, that's cool. You have so a story. You have a, yeah, and feed them. I hear you're a great cook. Yes. So. Well, do you have a story for us today? I certainly do. Okay, we'll go right ahead. This is one of my retelling of a, an old Latino story, and it's called Renaldo. 
Now, my dad, who's Cuban, he always loved to give my sister and me advice, like most parents. And he wanted us to be proud of who we are, not only as Latinas, but as mujeres, as women. But he wanted to caution us not to have too much pride and act like we thought we were all that. So this is one of his little dichos, his little sayings. He would say, Si eres tan engreído y tienes la nariz en el aire todo tiempo, cuidado, cuidado, cuidado. Pudieres pisar la caquita. In English, if you are so conceited and you have your nose, la nariz, in the air all the time, be careful, cuidado, be careful. You just might step into a little uh, caca. <laughs> and the idea is to keep yourself grounded. Look where you're headed in this world, but don't forget where you've come from. But remember, nobody, nobody is better than anybody else, except in folklore. We're about to meet a little creature, a fox actually, who is so conceited and thinks he's so much better than anybody else that he actually forgets the important things, like keeping a promise. In a small village near Mendoza, in the Andes Mountains of Argentina, there once lived a fox, El Zorro, whose name was Ronaldo. Ronaldo, and he was known throughout the land for being muano, egoista, a vain and egotistical rascal. He'd look in his mirror and he'd exclaim, "I, you handsome devil, you! I love you, darling. Te llamo mormillo. I love you." No, 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 no. Now, more than anything else in the world, el mundo, Ronaldo, el zorro que quería silbar tan lindo como la perdiz. In English, more than anything else, this fox wanted to learn how to whistle as beautifully as the partridge. So every day, Ronaldo would lean back against his den wall to practice his whistle. First, he'd purse his lips with labials together, and then he would blow out all of his hot breath between his sharp teeth. It sounded、mm, kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I know that was not such a hot whistle, huh? But Ronaldo, oh, he smiled to himself broadly and exclaimed, "Ay, how well I am learning how to whistle, eh? Que bueno! Te llamo Mormillo. I love you, darling." Now one day, as Ronaldo was giving himself a whistling lesson, he was standing underneath the leafy quebracho tree when his good friend, su buen amigo, the black puma. Whose name was Fernando came to visit and stretched out on a long branch. Buenos dias, mi buen amigo. Good morning, my good friend Ronaldo. Que que pasa, eh?、Huh? What is wrong? Estás enfermo? Are you sick? I heard you whizzing. Ronaldo was insulted. No, 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 no. Yo, yo estoy enfermo. I am not sick. Can't you see? I am only practicing, practicando, eh? Well, Ronaldo, what on earth are you practicing, eh? Practicando. Oh, oh whistling, of course. Silvando, por supuesto.、Eh, listen to this. Escúchame. <laughs> Fernando winced. Ay, muchacho! Listen, Ronaldo, you are a creature of good talents, but whistling, ha, is not one of those talents, eh? 
And now they was insulted. See, see, yes, it is. Someday I'm going to whistle like uh, La Perdiz, the partridge. She has the most beautiful whistle of any bird in La Foresta. Fernando thought. He said, then why don't you ask her, La Perdiz, to teach you how to whistle, eh? Pero tienes que prometer no comerla. You have to promise not to eat her, huh? You know how much you like partridge meat. To this, Ronaldo agreed. See, I am most fond of the bird. Especially if it is in me stomach or my stomach. Ay, delicioso. No. Fernando, my friend, you are right. This time, I have something more important on my mind than food. I must learn how to whistle perfectly, perfecto. So without another word, Ronaldo set off to search for a partridge. As he stalked La Foresta, the forest, a little partridge named Evita saw Ronaldo coming through the thicket and quickly flew into a bush to hide. But Ronaldo caught sight of her. Don't be afraid, my dear Senora Perdiz. I promise, lo prometo, never to harm you or your family again if you will teach me how to whistle as beautifully as you do. Tan lindo como usted. Now, Vita the partridge, oh, she was proud of her pretty whistle, and she was flattered that anyone, even that rascal Ronaldo, would want to imitarla, imitate her. But she remembered all the times that that fox tried to catch and eat her, y comerla. So she called, Ay, I would gladly teach you how to whistle if it was assured you would keep your promise, Senor Sorrow, and not harm me. But, Senora Perdiz, you have me palabra de honor, my word of honor. Now, let us begin the lesson at once. Vanaka, 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 come here. So Evita the partridge came out of the bush, and she flew... <laughs> several circular circles around Ronaldo's head until she gained enough courage ah, to land right next to the fox. She looked over for the first time and saw how big his cabeza, his head was. I was advising your sorrow. No wonder you can't whistle. Your mouth to broke is, um, is uh, demasiado grande. It's much too big and large. I'll have to sew it Closed, costella cerrada along each side to make it the correct size for whistling. So up my handsome mouth, me boca magnifica, ay caramba! Well, this outburst startled Evita, and she quickly flew back into the bush to hide. She timidly called from the branches, ay, it will only take a little bit on poco. And it will only hurt a little bit more on Poquito Mouth. So Ronaldo paced back and forth, trying to decide what to do. Well, I must learn how to whistle. Perfectly perfecto. But to have my mouth me broke son up. Ay, 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 ay. Bueno, okay. Come on out and do what you have to do. Do you promise to be patient and hold still and not harm me, Senor Sorrow? Si, senora Perdiz, I promise, lo prometo, to be un buen niño, a good boy. And so Evita slowly came out of the bush, and she took from underneath her pretty wing a feather to use as a needle, una aguja, and a strong chuck, 
shoot of grass to use as a thread or needle. And then Evita stitched carefully from one side of Ronaldo's boca to the other side, keeping her stitches close and tight. When only a small opening remained in front of Ronaldo's boca, Evita bit Bonilo and announced, Hi! And now your Matu boca is the correct size for whistling. Travelo, travelo, try it out, try it out. Slowly and carefully, Ronaldo released his breath. <whistles> Such a clear, beautiful whistle came forth that he began to leap and dance for joy. Evita was thrilled. Hi, we win, we win. Senor Saro, pretty soon you will be able to whistle as perfectly as I do. Perfecto como yo. I can do that already, mumbled Ronaldo through clenched teeth, because you see, he wasn't able to speak very well through such a small boca. Oh, but he could continue with his whistling, ignoring Evita. Well, Evita was insulted because he didn't even bother to thank her. If you're doing so well by yourself, ungrateful Senor Fox, then you no longer need me around. Adios, goodbye. And Evita started to fly away. Immediately, Ronaldo forgot his promise. All he could see was a bird on the wing. Without thinking, he snapped at that partridge. Rip went all the stitches. Not a single one remained. No quedo nada. But luckily, Evita escaped unharmed. But not Ronaldo. No, no, no. His mouth to boca was sore and bleeding, and even worse, his hope of ever learning how to whistle was gone para siempre, gone forever. He had no choice. He crept back to his den and sat in a dark corner. He took a rabble his bushy tail and he covered his sore boca. And all he could think about were his puffy lips. Ay! And his empty stomacho. Ay, ay, ay. He was indeed miserable. But I will tell you something, mi amigos y amigas. After that, never again did Ronaldo <gasps> try to whistle. Mm -mm. And after that, never again did a partridge la perdiz trust el zorro. <laughs> oh, that was great, Lenny. Loved that. Thank you. Very I love much. how you go back and okay. forth with the voices and everything. I mean, it's, they're very distinct. They're, that's wonderful. Well, you have some things coming up. Uh, on October the 17th, you've got a special performance at uh, the Clark Art Institute in Williamstown, Mass. Yes. Then on November the 11th through the 14th, you're going to be on tour in Kansas City, right? Yes, I'll be. It's part of um, the uh, Kansas City Central Libraries bringing me out to do workshops and performances in the area. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell people how they can uh, find your website and email you and call you? Well, you can always email me um, through my website, uh, which my website is www.leanydelsiemens.com, L-E-E-N-Y-D-E-L-S-E-A-M-O-N-D-S, and you can email me, leany at leanydelsiemens.com. You can also call me here in Massachusetts, area code 978-692-3961. If you call me and you get my answering machine, I'll sing to you and 
You can sing back if you want, or just leave your name and number, and I'll get back to you, too. Oh, Lini, if you were here right now, I'd give you a big hug. Oh, I'll give you a big hug, too. Um, so I miss you. <laughs> I miss you, too. I do. Well, listen, I have to go, but... Um, yep. Really, thanks so much for spending time with us. Oh, today. my absolute pleasure. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks. Hasta luego. See you later. And this is Chris Hillenberg with Hear Women Tell, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. Stay tuned because Linda Goodman's up next with news and reviews. Michael Maffeo with the Hip Pocket Band, and you're listening to Shag City Radio. Crazy, baby. Hi, folks. This is private investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all your keystrokes, or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at AbramsForensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at AbramsForensics.com. That's AbramsForensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravel Resort. The Caravel Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravel's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest-growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Welcome back to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hillenberg, your host, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. And now it's time for Linda Goodman, and she has a review for us today. How are you, Linda? I'm good, Chris. Good. And tonight I thought I would like to read my review of Lini Del Siemens, It Takes Two to Tango, Ties That Bind Us. How does that sound? Oh, that sounds great. Okay, well, you know Lini. She's a master story performer, and she values sage advice and wisdom of members whose love, guidance, and patience have helped her develop solid relationships. Such blessings, she says, are the ties that bind us. Such blessings are the theme of this unique recording. 
Lenny's father, known as Dell, shared his wisdom with her through wise advice that she refers to as Dellisms. It takes two to tango, he warns her, and it takes two to tangle. That distinction, while subtle, makes a world of difference. Lenny illustrates the wisdom he bestowed upon her through the stories on this CD. Impurgatory, don't you love that name? <laughs> Lenny shares the terror that caused her to stop speaking when five neighbor boys told her that even unintentional fibs would scar her heart with black marks that would send her to purgatory, a holding cell for hell. Came <laughs> there, they said, would feel like 11,000 toaster burns. Who rules the roost? Is another story on the CD. It follows two friends who try to answer the age-old question of who is head of the family, the husband or the wife. Chuckles abound as the listener accompanies them on this journey. Party Girl, which starts out as a celebration of the party life, takes a serious turn when a routine surgery results in an out-of-body experience that requires a decision be made between the big party up in heaven and rejoining the human race. In Tresperos on Miami, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, <laughs> a Labrador retriever, a bulldog, and a chihuahua vie for the love of a poodle. Which one will meet her test and win her heart? <laughs> In La Cucaracha Rosa Maria, story of the cockroach who tries every modern means available to find love, including MySpace, Twitter, speed dating, only to find the good old-fashioned way is still the best. Uh, this is also a pourquoi story, Chris. It answers the question of why there are so many cockroaches on this planet. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> My personal favorite on this CD is The Stinking Dragon, a delightful story set at a renaissance fair. Lini, who was a theater major, who spent lots of time acting in New York, came to storytelling through a stage door. This story reveals a future generation that stands ready to amaze us. The CD appropriately ends with We Sing as One, a jaunty song that is an ode to a better world. Lini Del Seaman's recordings never fail to engage the listener with their passionate wit and their simple truths. It takes Tango, however, goes one step further and tugs at the heart. It will be a cherished addition to any story lover's collection. Mm. You know, Lini is just such a, a wonderful person. She is. You know, wonderful I, person, wonderful spirit, wonderful teller. Yeah, you know, When I first met her, she just uh, immediately made me feel comfortable and at oh, home. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, uh, like she, she just, op she welcomes everybody with open arms. Right. And she's just a joy to be around. She has that gift of making people feel uh, welcome and comfortable, as you said. Um, and that's a rare gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I count, count myself lucky to to know her, for sure. Same here. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much for sharing that review with us tonight. You're welcome. And uh, this is Chris Nillenberg with Hear Women Tell, and we'll be right back with the news.
This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hi folks, this is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at AbramsForensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at AbramsForensics.com. That's AbramsForensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code A. HWT. Police Psychics, Find Me, with Kelly Snyder and Valerie Graham. This fascinating program explores how vetted psychic sleuths team up with law enforcement to find success, show how this can bring awareness, hope, and closure to families. Also presented are important possibilities which psychic assistance offers for law enforcement, especially at the beginning of an investigation. Host Kelly Snyder is a retired federal agent with 25 years in law enforcement. He's an author and the founder of Find Me, a non profit organization of talented worldwide psychic crime solvers, canine search and rescue volunteers, and others who provide leads in missing person and homicide cases. Find Me's work creates a raised awareness of how psychic abilities can add a tool to a detective's arsenal. Snyder is teamed with co-host Valerie Graham, an author and former sheriff staffer in correctional psychiatry. Join them Tuesdays, 2 p.m. at hearwomentalk.com, H-E-R-E, womentalk.com. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Welcome back to Hero and Tell. I'm your host, Chris Hillenberg, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. And now it's time for news with Linda Goodman. Linda, what uh, what kind of news do you have for us today? Well, I just want to ask everybody to keep their eyes and ears open because we've got a heavy storytelling season coming up. Halloween is just around the corner, and you'll probably find storytellers spinning their um, scary yarns and their eerie yarns at libraries and festivals, even churches. I've had a few churches call me for uh, scary yarns this year. Oh, great. And then the weekend before Thanksgiving, the 19th and 20th of November, uh, look for Telebration. Mm. That's an international evening of storytelling for grown-ups. It's a fundraiser. The storytellers who take part in this don't get paid. They donate their time and their talent. And there is a celebration in your state, maybe not in your town, but probably if you look 
Uh, you can go to storyteller.net um, or storynet.org rather and look on there and you can find all the celebration sites. That's the site of the National Storytelling Network. Storyteller.net. No, I'm sorry, storynet.org. <laughs> I get those two websites confused all the time. Oh, I know it, I know it. Celebration's a lot of fun. You'll probably see three to four different storytellers, all with different styles. And they're just, uh, it's usually a wonderful evening. That's how I got my start in storytelling. And that's how you got me to get my start in storytelling. Exactly, and I'm sure that we're not the only two. We're oh, I know, the, the I know. No, it's, it was a great experience, uh, and it's because you're getting, you know, three to four or more tellers at the event, so you're really getting to hear different people who tell stories differently, yeah. and it's a great yeah, way. Know, when I went to my first celebration, which at the time was just a Connecticut event, there were four storytellers there, and the first three were wonderful. And I admired them, but I had no thoughts of doing it myself until I heard the last teller, Linda Marchesio, hmm. tell one of her personal stories. And that just drew me in. I thought, that's what made me think, I can do that. Right, right. And, you know, and I've never looked back. I've been doing it ever since. Uh, and I'm glad you have, because I, I certainly wouldn't be here doing this right now, and I wouldn't have gotten involved in storytelling. And I don't stutter when I tell stories, you know. <laughs> I do another occasion. I tell a story. Having a little trouble today, but that's oh. okay. No, that's great. Uh, well, I really appreciate the effort that you put into pulling together the, the reviews for us in the news. It really means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to the listeners, to be able to find out, first off, to hear your reviews of storytellers that they may not have heard, but also to find out what's going on in their areas and, and, and uh, also what's going on to where they could travel to, to see some things that they wouldn't see, too. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's so much out there, and I'm looking forward to uh, this very, very busy fall season. I know fall is always a very busy season for storytelling. And, Absolutely. Uh, and it's an exciting time for storytelling, too, yeah. because, you know, it's... Um, it's that, like you said, the Halloween thing. I mean, I think a lot of storytelling happened in history around, uh, you know, Halloween, the time because of the, the winter coming and, uh, you know, telling of stories around campfires and the distant ages. I know that happened. You know, mm -hmm. where they would and why do people love to be scared to death? Oh. I'm one of them. I love it. <laughs> I don't know either. But it is fun, isn't it? It is. Uh, well, thank you, Linda, so much uh, for giving us the the, the uh, news tonight, I mean today, and uh, I just appreciate you, and I'm, I'm glad you're with us. Glad to be here. This is Chris Hillenberg. Oh, you're welcome. This is Chris Hillenberg with Hear Women Tell, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week, Wednesday, 3 to 4, on Hear Women Tell.